Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. I don't want you to be ashamed of God, and I, don't, I want you to just be just as committed as I am to the Lord, and I don't want you to blend in with the world. God doesn't want his children to blend in with everything that's going on around him, but he's called us to stand out. He says that we're a royal generation, a, 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 holy, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We're peculiar. We're not just like everybody else, but God has called us to be different. You know, so celebrate being different. Celebrate being holy. Celebrate who God called you to be. And don't let anybody make you feel ashamed of that. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. And I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Reverend, Reverend James Richardson, and I'm going to be sharing with you tonight. It's good to be with you tonight. I hope everybody is doing well. I want you to take time right now to just tune in with me for just 30 minutes as we share on the Kingdom Rock Network. We have an exciting word tonight to share with you. God has been doing some awesome things, and so I'm excited about that. I'm always excited anytime I'm doing something for the Lord. So I want to go ahead tonight and open up with you in a word of prayer as we come together in the, in, uh, to just bask in the word of God tonight. So I want you to just pray with me right now as we go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for this time, Lord God, that we are about to spend in your word. I pray that those that are watching would receive something that would help them, that would change their lives, that would transform them into the person that you have called them to be, God. Lord, we give you the glory. I pray that, Lord, you would increase and I would decrease, God. I thank you for your Holy Spirit walking with us as we go through this word. Lord, bring revelation, Father. Bring change, God. Bring power, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father. And may you be glorified in everything that is done on tonight in Jesus name. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump right in tonight into this word. You know, as I was thinking, you know, a lot of times in life, you know, we have to be reminded of the things that God has said to us. We have to be reminded about the things that God has said to us. And I was thinking about that this week, about how God sometimes he'll remind us of things that he has said to us. And I thought about when I was young, when I was a young teenager and I began to drive, you know, my mom would always come and she would remind me of the things that she, you know, wanted me to do. Sometimes she would come and say, hey, don't forget to make up your bed. Or she would come and she would say, don't forget to clean up your room or don't forget to go to the store for me. As soon as I learned how to drive, as soon as that driver's license was hot off the press, my mom was sending me around like Uber going everywhere. Go pick your sister up. Go to the store. Go here. Go to your grandmother's house. I mean, I was driving all the time back then. Uh, you know, and she would always remind me of different things. Go ahead. I need you to cut the grass. I need you to rake the leaves. So my mom always reminded me of the things that she wanted me to do or the type of character that she wanted me to have. And in the same way, God, through his word, constantly wants to remind us of the things that he wants us to do and who he has called us to be. So tonight we're going to be talking about some things that deal with those things that God wants to remind us of. And so here I want to share with you from the book of Timothy, the book of Timothy, second Timothy. And we're going to start here in verse in verse um, in chapter one, verse eight and nine. 
And here in Timothy, it says in the King James Version, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, this is an incredible thing. Paul here was writing a letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, who, had, who he had left to be an overseer of a church. And so he's writing Timothy these letters to encourage him and to instruct him in what he needed to do to be a good steward over the church. And so he was letting him know, look, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with an holy calling. He said to Timothy, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. See, God had his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So Paul, but Paul told Timothy this. He said, Timothy, listen, you're going to go through some afflictions. You know, and that's what happens. We have to realize that when you are walking with the Lord, sometimes you are going to go through some afflictions. But be encouraged because God said that he would be walking with us as we go through those uh, those afflictions. Sometimes they're not it's not going to be all the time, but many times in life, you know, uh, when we're walking with the Lord, we will go through some afflictions. But but take courage and know that God is with you when you're going through those afflictions. And I always thought about this. I heard someone say this before. My worst day with God. Is my, my worst day with God is better than my best day without him. I would rather have my worst day with God than have a good day without God. I, I just thank God for being able to just keep me and watch over me every day and watch over my family and everybody that I'm connected to. It's just a blessing. So it's, it's, it's a blessing when you're able to walk with, with the Lord. Even when we go through things, it's still a blessing just to know I have a heavenly father that loves me that's watching over me. You know, as I was looking at this scripture, Paul said something that was very interesting. He says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus. Now, I want to I talk about that for a minute. You know, sometimes in life, you know, we get saved and then we're, 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 we're ashamed of God. We don't want to tell anybody. Does, do people really know that you are a believer? Or when you get to work, do you just kind of blend in with everything that's going on? If you're just blending in with everything that's going on, that's not what God wants for you. Paul said here, don't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus. Don't be ashamed of him. You know, the, let me tell you something. The world is not ashamed of what they do. So why should we be ashamed of who we are? The world will boldly say, look, I'm doing this and we're doing that and we're doing this. They do all kinds of stuff. And then when, as Christians, we kind of shrink back and say, well, I don't want anybody to know I'm saved because, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to make me feel bad because they're going to make me feel like walking, being a Christian is something bad. But no, 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 no. Paul said, don't be ashamed of your testimony. You know, walk boldly with that thing. Let people know, listen, this is what I stand for. This is what I represent. And another thing he said here, he said, nor of me, his prisoner. Now, I thought that was very interesting. Paul could have said, listen, I'm a servant. He could have said, you know, I'm, I'm called of God. But Paul said, I'm a prisoner. 
I'm a prisoner for the Lord. That's a powerful thing because, you know, I thought about that. You know, when somebody says that, you know, a person is in jail, you know, they might be getting out at some point in time. But when, when they say a person is in prison, that means that they're probably going to be in there for a long time. So Paul was saying, I'm going to be connected to God for the rest of my life. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm connected to him. I'm walking with him for the rest of my days. And that's a powerful thing to know that Paul is saying, listen, I'm a prisoner of God. He said, he even said in another verse, I'm, I'm a slave to God. I'm connected to him so much. There's nothing else that's going to persuade me to the left or to the right or in front of me or behind me that's going to persuade me any other way. I'm dedicated to God and I'm called to God. So he was letting, this, letting, letting Timothy know, listen, I want you to be like me. I don't want you to be ashamed of God. And I, don't, I want you to just be just as committed as I am to the Lord. And I don't want you to blend in with the world. God doesn't want his children to blend in with everything that's going on around him. But he's called us to stand out. He says that we're a royal generation, a, 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 holy, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We're peculiar. We're not just like everybody else. But God has called us to be different. You know, so celebrate being different. Celebrate being holy. Celebrate who God called you to be. And don't let anybody make you feel ashamed of that. You know, in my early 20s, I was thinking about this. You know, I was walking with the Lord, but I really wasn't committed to God. But I, I had two roommates that stayed with me. And, you know, I would always be telling them, you know, when I, I, was, I would go to church, but I wasn't really committed to the Lord. But I, would, I was always trying to get them to go to church with me. I would say, hey, man, why don't y'all go to church with me? Why don't you guys come go to church with me? I would tell them that every Sunday. And one day, one of my friends said to me, he said, why should we go to church with you? He said, you live just like we do. He said, you do the same things we, that we do. So why should we go to church with you? And man, I never forgot that. And I just had to look at him and I said, you know what? You're right. I believe the Lord was using him to let me know, listen, you need to get you need to get more committed to me. You get you need to get more serious about your about your walk with me. And from that day forward, I said, you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm not going to just just walk through this thing casually. I want to be really committed to the Lord. And from that day forward, I did. You know, because he let me know. He said, you're doing the same things we do. You hang out in the same places. You talk like we talk. You act like we act. You're doing everything we do, but you're asking us to come to church. <laughs> and it, it made me feel so bad, but it, it pricked me and let me know I had to make some changes. I had to make some changes. And talking about Paul here, Paul was committed to, to Christ, and he knew that God had called him. So here, so here I want to I want to say I want to talk about something that Paul said to his spiritual son. These were some powerful words. This is what he said. He said, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. He said he saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. You see, he was reminding Timothy that not only did he save us, but he also called us. See, God didn't just save you. He called you. The title of this message tonight is Saved to Serve. God didn't just save you so you could go to heaven. But God saved you for a purpose. This calling is from God himself. And we have been say, saved to serve. 
See, you thought that when you chose God, when you got ready to give your life to the Lord, that you just made a decision and you said, I want God to come into my life and change me. But really, God had already called you. And he didn't just call you just to just to say, hey, come on and sit, come on in here and be a part of my kingdom. But he called you for a reason. He wants you to go to heaven, but he also wants that when that, that he also wants you to fulfill his purpose while you're down here. And so he called us with a holy calling. He called us to be different. And, you, and so we, we need to understand that today. Listen, you don't have to earn salvation. God has given us salvation as a free gift. He gives us salvation as a free gift. He gave it to us. He said, I love you so much that I gave my only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Some think that they will be able to do works to get into heaven. But listen, listen to what Jesus says. Because, see, it's not our works that get us into heaven. It's not what you do. You know, you think that, well, I don't really have to live for God, you know, particularly and live holy and all that as long as I'm doing good things, as long as I'm helping somebody, as long as I'm giving to this person or helping that person or doing all my works. But God didn't call us to just do works. He called us to do works, but that's not what saves you. That's not what gets you into heaven. Let's look at scripture from Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 23 in the King James Version. This is what Jesus is saying. This is Jesus talking. He said this. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. This is powerful. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And he said this, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. See, these people were, listen, these people were people that were in the body of Christ. These people were so-called saved. But because they were prophesying, they were casting out devils. They would, the Bible says that they were doing many wonderful works, but they weren't, their hearts were not connected to God. And, say, and so they thought because of all their works that they were just going to walk right into heaven. But Jesus said, many will say in that day. When he says many, that means a, there's a lot of people out there that think that they're saved and they're just going to walk into heaven because of their works. I've done good things. I helped the old ladies. I helped the widows. But no, listen, God, Jesus said, the one that does the will of my father, that's what he, that's, that's how you get into heaven, doing the will of my father. And, and something powerful that he said here, he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. See, it's more important to know Christ than to do the works. You can't even do the works if you don't know Christ. There's a lot of us out there that don't really know Christ. We're doing all the works. We're, we're praying for people. We're casting out devils. We're prophesying. But do you spend intimate time with him? Do you really know him? That's what he's looking for. He said, I know. Jesus said, look, depart from me. I don't know you. Imagine walking into the gates of heaven and you walk up to the gates of heaven just knowing I've done all the works, the great works. I've done things. I've helped people. And you get to the gate and you stand before the Lord. And the Lord looks at you and say, ah, you never spent any time with me. I don't know you. Who are you? He doesn't even know your name. 
He doesn't know you because you've just been doing works. Listen, God doesn't want you to just do works. But Jesus said, the one that does the will of my father, that's the one that, that I'm looking for. The one that is doing the will of my father, not the one that's just doing works. And in order to do his will, you must know him. And the only way that you know him is if you spend time with him. So I want you to say to God right now, Lord, I want to know you. Say that with me again. Lord, I want to know you. Amen. So we are saved, not just so we can get into heaven, but we are saved to serve. You know, many have gotten saved and now they're just resting on the benches every Sunday. You know, just coming in church and we just, you just, we just sit on the, on the pews every Sunday and we just listen to the message. Oh, that was a good word. That was a good word for the Lord. And then you go home or you, are you, are you watching it online? However you're watching the service, you're watching service online and you, oh man, that was a good word today. I went to church today. I watched it online or went to, the, went to church and sat in church and the preacher, he preached a good message. And then you go on about your business, you go on about your work, work week and you're never doing anything for the Lord. You know, I thought about that, too. You know, a real athlete doesn't just join a team to just sit on the bench and watch others play the game. But the true ones want to get in the game. See, and that's what I want to encourage you today. You need to get in the game. You don't need to just be sitting on the bench watching others play. You're not, you didn't become an athlete just to sit on the bench and watch others play. The reason why we love Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and all these different players and football players and all these different guys that play these, they call them, you know, uh, football stars or whatever the case may be. The reason we love them is because we, 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 when they get on the court, they do spectacular stuff. They dunk, they shoot three-pointers, whatever they do, they run down the field, they catch the ball. We're excited when we watch them because they're in the game. They're playing the game. In the same way, you should not just be sitting on the side, just watching the game go by, watching life go by, watching others play in the game, watching other believers out here doing works, watching other believers pray, watching other believers, you know, uh, go out and minister to, the, to those that are poor, watching other believers share their testimony. You just, you're just sitting on the bench watching, watching. You're on the bench. And that's, why, that's not where God called us to be. But God wants us to participate. He wants us to get into the game. So God has called you. He's called you. He's got a calling on your life. He wants you to be a part of the team, and he wants you to be in the game. Here in the book of 2 Timothy, I want to look at this again, another, another point, and is, this is in verse 9. It says this. It says, and he has called us with a holy call, a calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And I want to focus on that last part. He said here, it was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Isn't that deep? What is he saying? He's saying your purpose was given to Christ Jesus even before the world began. So God knew what his purpose was for your life before he even created the world. Isn't that deep? 
before before he he said grass come forth, before he said whales come forth, before he talked called out the seas and called the sun to be in the sky, before he called the stars to be in the sky, before he did any of those things, before he made the first man and the first woman, before he said let there be light, and any of those things, he said I had already called had your calling in Christ before the world began. So. Think about that for a minute. You don't have to sit around wondering, what am I here for? God already ordained your calling before he created one thing. He had already, you know, had your calling in mind. He knew what he wanted for you to do on this planet. Isn't that great to know that? But how do you find out? You have to seek the Lord. You have to get to know the Lord. You have to come to Christ and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know my purpose. You know, I had a friend that I talked to some time ago. It was, it's been many years ago. And he, you know, every time I talked to him, he would be telling me, man, I'm looking for my purpose. I'm trying to find my purpose. And, you know, I would tell him, listen, you know, God, God has your purpose. And I talked to him another time and he was telling me he was going to Tibet. He said, I'm getting ready to go to Tibet. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, I'm going to Tibet to find my purpose. I said, okay, brother. You know what I'm saying? And little did he know his purpose was right in his heart. It's right under his nose. It's right in Christ. And so many of us are searching and searching every day. We're crying out. We're saying, Lord, what am I here for? Why am I here? Jesus said, listen, I had your call. Your calling is in me. It was in me before the foundations of the world. Stop looking all around. Stop looking here and there. Stop looking to and fro, trying to find what God called you to do and look to Christ. He has your purpose in him, in him. You don't have to go to Tibet. You don't have to go to some deep, some deep so-called spiritual place to find your purpose. All you got to do is call on the name of the Lord. That's all you have to do. So we cannot take this calling lightly, but we must lean into it. Don't just put your feet in the water. You got to dive all the way in. If you want that all that God has for you, you got to dive all the way in. Don't just sit there gazing for the rest of your life, gazing, wondering, just wait, wondering and waiting and just gazing. Lord, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing? Just gazing. You're just gazing, wasting time. And God is saying to you, look, I, I want you to get on the move for me. I have something that I want you to do. I want you to listen to this verse from the book of Acts, ver, uh, chapter 1 and verse 9 through 11. Listen to this in the King James Version. And when he had spoken these things, this is talking about Jesus, while they beheld, he was taken up and a, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from, uh, from, from you into heaven, shall so come like in so 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 come in like manner as you have seen him go into the heavens they, this, those angels were telling the disciples listen stop gazing you're standing there gazing at jesus as he goes into heaven they say he's coming back that's just good news right there listen 
you we don't have time to be gazing. He told they told that angel told them, listen, why are you standing there gazing? It's time for y'all to get on the move. Go ahead and go to get you go ahead and leave and go and do what he told you to do. It's time for you to get moving. It's on. Stop gazing. Too many of us spend all sorts of time gazing, gazing, watching TV all day, gazing, you know, on the Internet, on Facebook. You're gazing, uh, just gazing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong looking at social media or looking at TV, but I'm saying don't spend too much time gazing. You're stuck. You understand? Time is passing you by and you just gazing. And God's saying, listen, I want you to operate in your purpose because Jesus is coming back, my friends. He is coming back. But when he comes back, what is he going to find you doing? That's the thing. If he came back tomorrow, what will he find you doing? I know when he comes, when he comes back for me, I want him to find me serving. I want him to find me doing his will. I want him to find me doing what he called me to do. I don't want to be gazing. I don't want to be wasting time, but I don't have time to waste. But all I have time to do is to do the will of the Lord. So we don't have time to gaze. It's time for us to get busy for the Lord. He is coming back. So what will you be doing when he comes back? Will you be gazing just looking at things that are going on in the world. Oh, God, the gas prices are high. Oh, Lord, it's a flood over here in, in China. Lord, God, it's wildfires. We just gazing. We're spending too much time looking at all the negative things that are going on instead of just preparing for the Lord to come back. Instead of letting people know, listen, Christ Jesus saves. Listen, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what we're called to do is to let people know the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's time for us to put all that stuff aside. Yes, we must pay attention to the signs of the time and I'm not saying that but don't spend too much time gazing don't spend too much time getting caught up in the, in in what's going on around you because when you do that you're gonna lose time and you're gonna be saying man what have, what have I been doing for the last six months what have I been doing for the last two years what have I been doing for the last five years just standing around wasting time when God has a purpose for your life so we got to get we got to get moving for the Lord Listen to this scripture from the book of uh, 2 Timothy, verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 3 through 5 in the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of, Je of Christ Jesus. And it says this. Listen, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. What is God saying here? He's saying, listen, you don't have time to get caught up in the affairs of, of life. Good soldiers don't do that because they have to. They, they, they know that they have uh, the one that has enlisted them has something for them to do. So we don't have time to get. You know, when you're a soldier, they, they have you on on base. They have you have duties for you. Listen, you need to go over there and drive this tank. You need to go over here and practice your target practice or whatever. You know, you need to go over here and get on the computer and see what's going on in the cyberspace. They have duties for these different people that are that are in the military. They're not just around, just lounging around. They got their uniforms on. They have to get up at a certain time. They have disciplines that they have to follow. And we as believers have the same thing. We can't just be lounging around, wasting time. We can't get involved in all the civilian stuff that's going on, just blending in with the world. No, we're called to it. We've been enlisted in the army of the Lord, and there's something that he's called us to do. So, my friend, you have not just been uh, called just to just saved just so you can go to heaven, but you've been saved to serve. You've been enlisted in the army. Athletes, is, as he said here, they don't win unless they follow the rules. God has guidelines. He has commandments and statutes that he's called us to follow. 
And the only way that we win is if we follow those statutes and commandments. And so here, as we close out, I want to leave you with this final quote by Charles Hatton Spurgeon. And listen, this is what it says. I thought this was so powerful. I just, I just had to add this to my message. This is by Charles Hatton Spurgeon. He says this, one good deed is, is, is worth more than a thousand brilliant theories. Let us not wait for large opportunities or, or a different kind of work, but do just the things that we find to do day by day. He says it's not about trying to, trying to do some kind of lofty thing, trying to do, you know, a thousand brilliant theories and all these large opportunities. He said it's the things that you do day by day for the Lord. It's when you look at your wife and you tell your wife, I love you. It's when you look at your wife and say, honey, do you need me to do this for you? Or you look at your husband and say, honey, can I do this for you? Or when you look at when you call your daughter and just give them an encouraging word or call your son and let them know, listen, son, I love you. It's the little things that we do is when you're with you, when you're with someone, you see a stranger somewhere in the line. And you're behind him. You say, hey, and you see that they may not have enough, enough money to pay for their groceries. You say, hey, listen, I got you. It's the little things that we do from day to day that really count. It's how we love one another. The Bible says that you, they will know that you're my disciples when you have one for an, love one for another. So it's in the little things that we do that make all the difference. That's what our legacy is made of. All of the things that we do from day to day is, are, are what really counts. And so, my friend, I just wanted to remind you that you are saved to serve. Say that with me. I am saved to serve. I wanted to remind you of that today. And right now, listen, some of you, you might not even have, you may, you may have never accepted the Lord into your heart. And I want to give you the opportunity to do, to do so today so that number one, you can go to heaven, but number two, you can begin to walk in the calling, the holy calling that God has for you. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me right now. Say, Lord, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection. Now, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I'll never be the same. I denounce all of the wicked things of the, of the enemy and I now take you as my Lord and as my Savior. Lord, live big in me. Let me make a difference. I make myself available to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, my friends, if you prayed that prayer in faith tonight, you are now a part of the kingdom of God. And now you need to begin to seek the Lord, find a Bible believing church, get connected because alone, you know, we'll go back to doing the same thing that we were doing before. But so we come together and we congregate together so that we can strengthen one another. That's what the church is all about. And so uh, and we want you to continue to tune in to the Kingdom Rock at, to the Kingdom Rock net, Network at KingdomRock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. 
where you can receive fresh messages for your soul. So we thank you for tuning in tonight, and we look forward to seeing you again the next time. All right. Have a blessed evening. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.